Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and thanks for downloading and subscribing. This is That Nerd Dad Podcast. I am That Nerd Dad, Joe Williamson. How are you? We got a guest. Oh, do we got a guest? And we are talking basketball. I got Will Lou, writer, uh, commentator, blogger, podcaster extraordinaire, who has been covering the Toronto Raptors for, we discussed it in the conversation, but I'm going to say it's like 20 years. I don't, I don't remember the exact year. It's about 20 years. He's been doing it a long time. He's very good at it. I've been a fan of his for a very long time. Um, and I reached out to him and was like, hey, do you want to sit and have a chat about uh, your journey as well as kind of the support your family has when you say you want to be a writer and uh, and see where that goes. So this is what we talk about. This is that conversation. It's coming up right now. As promised, everyone, today my guest is William Liu of, I'm going to say Raptors fame. I'm going to say Raptors fame. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, look, you, you've got the Raptors show with Will Liu. It doesn't get more definitive than the Raptors show. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, a lot of early mornings right now covering the World Cup. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's been great. Canada's been playing literally better than I've ever seen Canada play on the men's side. So, uh, it's giving me a lot of life. I, I was going to say, like, what is going on with Canada basketball right now? Because they're having a moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the moment I, the long and the short of it is we have the best player in the tournament, which is something that I don't think I've ever been able to say for Canada basketball in any context. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who was already first team all NBA with uh, OKC has committed to playing for the program and looks amazing. Um, he has not single-headedly led the team. I mean, that that would be dismissive to some of the other players, but we basically have the best player in the tournament, uh, and that has led to Canada making the Olympics on the men's side for the first time since 2000. So um, it's great, and now they're playing for the semifinals. I mean, I'm not sure when those will be published, but you know, they might even be through the finals at that point, but... Uh, yeah, it's this is like the best run they've ever made. So now you said the best player in the tournament. Luca is in the, the tournament. We just beat Luca. <laughs> I know, and Shea, but and Shea beat him. And so <laughs> you know that's 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 where that claim comes from. Because I feel like you know if you have thirty-one points and ten rebounds and six assists, and your team beats the other team with Luca on it, then you know I'm not saying he's better than Luca. Uh, as a player overall, I'm just saying uh, in the tournament so far, Shea has been better than Luca, and Luca's team has been eliminated. So, the Canadian program has had a lot of f I'm going to call them false starts. We've had this yeah. kind of hype building for a long time, um, and you know, more than once it felt like we're on the, this is it, this is the year. Mm -hmm. And then the year that I don't hear the hype <laughs> is the year that it seems like they came in and blew the doors off the tournament. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think that, um, you know, it became like a boy cried wolf situation. It was like, all right, like, you know, you, you can't always trump it up. But I, I think this year around, um, A, the, the talent on paper going to the tournament is a lot better than the talent previously. And, and it's basketball. You can't just be like, well, we have eight great, we have eight good players going, therefore our team is good. It really matters who your best player is. And again, the Canada has the best player in the tournament and she goes to Alexander. So that's going to carry a lot of it. But, you know, a lot of you have that on top of the fact that you have a really good supporting cast going. And look, you needed some, some breaks to go your way. Canada was in very, very tight against Spain and they narrowly came back and won. But um, I think it's just been really fun, man. And I think that the only thing with it is just the, the hours, like the next game, for example, against Serbia, the semifinal uh, is going to be played at 445 local time. Uh, Eastern, yep. so uh, that's nasty. But I mean, <laughs> what can you really do? Like, obviously, the team's worth it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Great. To, it's hard to get the country behind it when the start time is four o'clock Eastern. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, you know, for the Maritimes, the start time, uh, you know, for people in Newfoundland is like six fifteen a.m. That's 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 that, reasonable. That's that's reasonable. People wake up at six. Yeah. Um, Raptors basketball. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. Okay. Grady Dick will be the number one selling jersey in uh-huh. Raptors history because Dick one on the back is just too good to pass up. Yeah. I'm happy he picked the number. <laughs> I think the 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 only other number that would have been more silly is if he put like 69 on the back. You know? Exactly. But, but that would actually look like some sort of like gag gift that you would give at like a bachelorette party or something. Um, the league may have stepped in on that one. Is I think they should have. 69? Um, I don't know if any player has worn 69, but I don't really see a rule against it. No, I mean, you know, uh, anyway, that's so that's a little silly, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you know, that's, that's the big excitement. Uh, well, not, that's one of the big excitements coming into the year. It's just like, look, you know, what are some of the younger players going to do? I think people are still waiting for that, like super breakout moment to take the next step towards being an all-star from Scotty Barnes. There was obviously so much excitement after rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Grady Dick comes in and I think at minimum, um, just putting the name and the jokes aside, like the Raptors really needed shooting. They really needed that shooter. And he is touted as like the best shooter or at least one of the two best shooters coming into this draft. So uh, we'll see how it sort of pans out. I like his personality. I got to interview him down in uh, the day after he was drafted. And I think he has this like really... I think the persona comes across as like, you know, he's like really uh, fun loving and makes a lot of jokes and definitely does that. Um, but it also has a seriousness about him, especially when it comes to his, his, his work and his approach. So um, it's a lot to put on a 19 year old. Uh, we'll see how serious a 19 year old really is. But I think at the same time, he fits the profile of what the Raptors really need. So uh, excited to see sort of how his career pans out with Toronto. He's charismatic as hell. Very. He's got, very. he's got that, that, energy that people are he's going to be a fan favorite very quickly oh yeah yeah for sure and like i think you know like why not because i think you know there's definitely like a lot of expectations like when look when you win the championship like you're like all right now i kind of have a different level of expectation and i think like og raptor fans or even longtime raptor fans like myself like i'm like all right look that was the one time but that you was know, nice. I think my that was so nice. That, <laughs> that was, was nice. so good. Uh, but I mean, like, I know it's not going to happen all the time. Like my day to day experience, my year to year experience with the Raptors is not at a championship level. Um, and so I, I think that, but there's just been this kind of come down period for the last like four or five years since the title. And whatever, the team has not been giving you that many reasons to be excited. But 
at the same time, like, you know, um, I, I still believe, like, relatively speaking, there's still a, a decent amount of talent. How well it fits, I don't really know, but I'm always I'm always very excited to watch the Raptors, and I, I'll give them some credit. Like, they, they at least have kept some of the pieces that make them really good while also adding some young players, and hopefully it's just the young players really pan out and, and get you back to a level where you're back to the playoffs and eventually, hopefully, in a championship picture, you know, years down the line. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you and I have been Raptor fans forever. Mm-hmm. It took us 25 years to win a championship. Yeah. If I see one more before I die, I think I'm good. Like, you know, it takes <laughs> them another 25 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it puts me there the latter half of my life. Okay, they did it twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I there's, again, that's good perspective because there's lots of NBA franchises that, you know, have never even seen a championship or even like, long time historic franchises haven't seen a championship in a very long time. Like the Celtics have like, I don't know, like 16, 17 titles. Um, like they, they won one in 2008, but before that it was like the eighties. The you got to go back to like the eighties yeah. for them to have more titles. And it's like the Raptors have as much titles as the Celtics do in, since the Raptors came into the, you know, existence. So, yeah. And it's the, it's the organization. I mean, the, the organization has taken huge steps. I think, you know, Masai has added a, a level of consistency there. And I know there's some rumblings of whether or not he's actually safe this year with, with all the changes. But I think just that professionalism and not being taken as a joke franchise, as yeah. a diehard Raptors fan, is like, we're in the club. You know what I mean? We got that yeah. little gold jer- little, little gold emblem on the back of the jersey. <laughs> and we're in the club. <laughs> not yeah. Nobody has that. For sure, for sure. Uh, and again, like that's why we got to really cherish those memories. But I mean, look at the same time, like the expectation should be to, to win a title. Like that is the official line. And you know, I, I just think that, especially for the y- younger fans who came in the last like ten years, they they were born into like the the golden era of the Raptors, and so mm-hmm. you can't expect it to always be like that. Um, but there's still lots to appreciate, even if they're not at that level. You got to get through a lot of Eric Williams. To get through well, at one point, night. we had three guys <laughs> named Williams on the team at once. A uh, 20% of our roster was named Williams, it was uh, <laughs> e- Eric, Alvin, and uh, Aaron Williams. And that's after we traded Vince for two of those Williamses. So, um, yeah, I mean, oh, dark times, dark times, <laughs> dark times. <laughs> no offense to Alvin Williams, but his he was best, past his best years at that point, too. Absolutely. Um, so you, you've been a diehard fan since its inception have you been like were no, you always no. a raptors guy no i i mean i wasn't even in the country when the raptors um you know were born when when isaiah thomas emerged <laughs> from that egg uh um no but why I was, didn't anyone take us seriously william <laughs> uh yeah it was a little strange i mean we were really named after the dinosaurs exactly uh, the, the jurassic park franchise i suppose right now it'd be like the rat the toronto avengers or something like that you know like the toronto barbies Toronto Barbies. Actually, that could sell. That could that could actually really sell. We have pink pink jerseys. jerseys. Yeah, you know, you're welcome. Marketing department. Grady can just walk (laughs) in and be. Would he be more Barbie or more Ken? I feel like he's actually more Barbie than Ken, oddly. Uh, But yeah, I mean, like, no, I I I became a fan like the last year Vince was here. Okay, so I just remember a lot of negative press. But I was just like 2004. I was like, I was like, I think 10, 11 years old, and I just kind of decided I was like, I'm gonna get into sports at this time and I picked all the local teams and kind of went from there. Um, some of it didn't really stick. Like I kind of stopped being a least fan after like three, four years basically. Uh, but the Raptors kind of stuck it up with me and um, 
you know, I, it's 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 been good. I mean, back then, 2007, that was my like, wow, we're here for the golden generation run, like Barnani, Chris Bosh, Anthony Parker, Morris Peterson, Jorge Garbajosa, Roshan Asterovich. I was like, this is like the best team I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, but uh, at that time it was, you know? It definitely was. That felt legit, that run. Oh yeah, we won the Atlantic for the first time. Yeah, we were gonna we hang that banner. We had home run, uh, was you know home court advantage in that playoff series. Like it was a whole thing. It was a vibe, for sure. It wasn't we the North, but we were getting there. No. It was the first step towards we the North. <laughs> yeah, it was just we we have made the playoffs. It wasn't we have uh, made the playoffs. <laughs> not we as exist. Exciting. We exist. Yeah. Uh, so when did that when did that uh, turn into? Hey, I think I'm gonna write about them. When did that start to bubble? Honestly, I that was not my that was not really in the cards. I think for me, I was in university. I was trying to figure out, you know, what I uh wanted to do just with my life. Um and I I think for a lot of people, like they get to university and they're like, okay, I'm expected to actually be something now. And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. I don't know what life is. I don't, you know, barely even held a job. And so I'm trying to decide like what I should be doing in my head versus like what I would actually like and what I want to do. And at that time I just knew that like, I like, I really like basketball. I liked it for a long time. I've liked reading coverage about it as well. Like listen to podcasts, like, can I do something productive with that hobby? And that was sort of my approach towards all my hobbies at that time. And so I decided to join the school newspaper uh, while I was in university at McMaster and just started writing there. And I was like, wow, I really love working in a newsroom. Like it was probably my favorite experience all throughout university was just getting into that group where we're all sort of working together on putting out, I think print night was like Wednesday nights. So there's a lot of late night Wednesdays in this cave where we would then send off this giant PDF to the printers. Uh, But I loved every aspect of it. And I was like, is there some way I can marry both like this and also my love of sports. And I was like, I guess sports writing is the best way to do that. Um, And so that's where I kind of got the idea, but really I was just kind of lost in university. I was just trying to find something I could do that was productive with my time and that I also liked to do with my time. And so well, it kind of all came back to sports. Uh, I went for, you know, the general idea. I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a doctor eventually. <laughs> but then I was like, nah, I'm, this, this is, this, this sucks. Um, so I, I switched to economics, uh, mostly because it was an easier degree to attain. And also okay. there were some math Things I liked, well, you know, I was like, okay, I kind of like econometrics, all the kind of stuff. But realistically, I was just kind of like, I just want to get a degree that seems like I could do something with it. And then ultimately, I have never actually used it uh, because I've been a sports writer ever since. So, so you got your degree in economics? <laughs> yes, but I'm just a sports writer. Yeah. <laughs> so when when did the conversation happen with the parents? Because I assume you have to tell. Yeah. Them. No, I mean, I, I was always kind of like, uh, at least I was lucky. I had something in hand. So. Um, okay. While I was in my final year uh, in undergrad, um, I had started writing for Raptors Republic just for free and, you know, just wanted, to, I had always really admired this site. I remember reading it. Jeez, that was my point. homepage for years. It was my yeah. Homepage. Yeah. I honestly, I had a, so 2008, um, I went with my family back to, to China. Um, that was the year that the Beijing Olympics was happening. And I was there and I just remember like, I really wanted to see the reaction to the Jermaine O'Neal trade. I don't know if you remember the trade, but um, we traded, I think, Sean Marion for Jermaine O'Neal. Yep. And I was like, how is this going to work? We had three. <laughs> it was like him, Barnani, and, and, and Chris Bosch. 
So I was like, how is this going to work? And I really wanted to get on Raptors Republic. And I couldn't get around the firewall. For some reason, it was like banned in the firewall in China. So I had to go to like internet cafes where, you know, VPNs and stuff like that uh, were more easily accessible at that time. And I went to the internet cafe just so that I can go on Raptors Republic. So that was like 2008. So I've been on like a fan of the site for a very long time. And I've been writing with them. And through them, I, I, I connected with Blake Murphy, who was, you know, the managing editor of Raptors Republic at that time. This is like 2013. And he was like, look, I'm working at the score and there's an opportunity here uh, as a part timer. Do you want to you know, apply? And I, of course, I, I said yes. And I got that job. So at least I was able to go to my parents and say, like, look, I'm just looking to maybe get my MBA, maybe not get my MBA. But mostly I'm just here to you know, um, write about the NBA in the meantime. And they were like, okay, all right. I mean, as long as you can like, you know, find some sort of opportunity or maybe even pay off some of your bills. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry, this is temporary. And I just kind of said it was temporary for like three years and turned that into a full-time job. And um, I think they honestly, once they saw that I was able to take care of myself, pay Toronto rent, which is already hard enough and, um, you know, not really need anything of them. I think they kind of learned to worry less and just sort of trust that I, I had some sort of idea and some kind of plan. I didn't, to be clear, I didn't have a plan, but uh, uh, it did it did work out at least in that time. Those years of the Raptors Republic, Blake Murphy, I mean, a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the Toronto culture, Toronto scene started on Raptors Republic. That was, that yeah. was to me, the original community um for for raptors fans and it it was the place to seek out like you said those reactions Mm -hmm. what was the what was the commentary going to be like what was the threads going to be like (laughs) um and and yourself and blake um i your two names jumped to mine as kind of coming out of there but more than a handful of writers have come out oh yeah that website um what did you did you feel like you were onto something with Raptors Republic at that time, or was it like this is just fun? I know it sounds like it turned into something yeah. pretty quickly for you, but I think it was both. Honestly, I think it was both. It's a good question for sure. Um, at that time, I really remember like I love seeing all the engagement. I think that's one of the things that, especially as a writer, like you, I, I had written my own personal blog as well, but there was just like so little engagement, so little traction. Being able to write and get the feedback from the audience, like the more I wrote, the, I think the better it made me because I got so much more feedback in terms of like, what were the ideas I was sharing? What was the commentary I was sharing? What was like the style I was writing? I got so much feedback and I was able to really take in a lot of that. Now, some of it wasn't productive. Some of it was just like overly negative or overly positive. I kind of just threw all that out the window, but all the kind of productive comments, I think really helped like give me reps in a, in a field that I didn't really like get trained for. Like, it's not like I went to, you know, journalism school or anything like that. Um, so I appreciated that aspect. And I also think that one of the things that Raptors Public allowed me to do was, you know, um, at that time, so Zarrar, who's, you know, been sort of instrumental behind the scenes in front of the scenes sometimes, but mostly behind the scenes, uh, running the site for a very long time. Um, he was doing a podcast at that time. And I think he was pretty ahead of his curve in the sense that, you know, podcasting wasn't as successful or even as mainstream in like 2013, 2014 in that range, but he had gotten a going and he was, you know, that's still to this day, it's just called the Rapcast, but it's a podcast that's been around for a long time. And he allowed me to come on the program regularly. Um, and then also eventually develop my own programs like the reaction podcast, which is essentially just a post game show after every single Raptors game. And I was able to bring that idea to him and he's like, of course, just do whatever you like with the podcast. You know, we trust you. And I remember I, logging in to check out yeah. the grades of the ever after every game. Or, I want yeah. to know 
the report cards are amazing. Was, how is everyone graded? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, and people always get arguments and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I just enjoyed the the platform of the, the interaction with fans. I think that really created so much like of an experience for me, where I was like, "This is so fun." And I think to myself, I was like, "Look, I got to figure out a way to get paid and figure turn this into something else, um, or turn this into something that could eventually lead to some more employment." But at the same time, I think. I was having so much fun with it and I was seeing so much engagement with it. I was like, this is clearly a very successful product and a model. And I wanted to, um, again, just find a way to sort of like capitalize on that. Uh, it wasn't directly through Raptors Republic, to be honest, but without that opportunity, I, I, I really don't think that any of this would have happened. So we go from, I don't know what I want to do to the mm-hmm. school newspaper, Raptors Republic, the score, Yahoo Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And now we're on the premier sports network in Canada, Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. Um, this incredible <laughs> show, the Raptor show with Will Lou. I mean, like it, you're branded. Like this is it, right? Like sure. So yeah. When I when I think of this, and I'm like, God, if I could, you know, consider me jealous. Um, yeah. what, what's next? You did it. You you did it. You accomplished everything. Thank you, you followed them through the, the the championship run. Yeah. What's next uh, for Will, Will Lou? I, 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 I don't know. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't really get that same sense of like, you know, I did it or like, you know, it's, it's happened. I think maybe I think I can like recognize it um, in the sense of like, this is clearly, especially in Canadian media, this is, I believe it, it is at the pinnacle in terms of. Absolutely. Um, this is like the channel that carries the games, for example, right? So it's like a huge brand, one of two in, in Canada those sports but i think for myself personally like i i don't really see it as like okay i'm done like weirdly enough i i kind of see it as i've been kind of doing the same show or the same product for five six years and every single year my think my thinking coming into the season is just like what what's the next thing i can do or like what's the other thing i can add to it um you know strangely enough i i I feel more responsibility in a way to like um you know improve or cover it uh in a in a more in-depth way or maybe even a more informative or more humorous way. I just feel this like a responsibility just because I feel like the opportunity is really rare. I do recognize that. And so, you know, I think the, the what's next is really just to kind of keep doing the same thing, but kind of keeping, you know, do it better, um, you know, change my, or not change, but bring even more interviews with players. I think that's been something that's been great. Um, when you work with a big brand like Sportsnet, like uh, you get a lot more access and so what can I do with that access? Can I ask them the kind of questions that I think a lot of fans have wanted to be asked of them, but haven't seen it before? Um, can I connect with players in a different way? Can I get to know sort of what's more behind the scenes, connect with sort of their groups, their agents, their, you know, things like that. At the same time, you know, um, get in with the front office just to get more in- insider information as well, because I think that's also something that's not as accessible here in the Toronto media, at least, especially in the NBA. It feels like most of news breaking happens like um, with the national reporters. So I think there's all sorts of areas to improve, but uh, in, in terms of what's actually next, I'm not really sure. I think I'm just going to keep doing the show and um, seeing where it gets me. Well, I'm glad you're doing it, my friend. Uh, Cause it, there's a, a connection that um, the diehard Raptors fans have to our reporters. Okay. The, the Doug Smiths of the world, the Will Lose of the world, the, um, you know, Leo's not really a reporter, but the Leo's like we, yeah, we know the, sure. the Jack Arm. We have we know we have these first name association with <laughs> with our team. 
yeah it's 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 um i greatly appreciate what you do and uh and keep doing it my friend thank you thank you yeah i mean i i think that uh i mean there's obviously so many people have done this a very long time right and you know the, the coolest thing is just having been in the building and having um met most of them like they're all really good people behind the scenes and it's it's like the, the basketball community i think is getting much bigger i think in it's just in canada and especially in toronto in general but um yeah some of the core pieces who have been here a long time like you know part of the reason why the community is able to expand is because people like paul jones and you know jack and leo and these guys like they are able to open these doors matt devlin as well like they open these yep. doors Chuck's and allow speed. chuck as well like these <laughs> these guys are, you know i mean Chuck, it's that's ridiculous. I I met him like earlier this year, just in the media room, and I was like, "Man, I was such a fan!" Like, I, <laughs> you know, when I first watched Raptors, I was in my as a child walking around being like, "Sick, wicked, well, and nasty," you know, like salami <laughs> and cheese, mama. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I I definitely see what they've done, and uh, in any sort of capacity, I want to sort of offer same opportunities for people as well. So, um, it's a long way away, I think, from from that, but uh, it is at least the intention that I have. I want to get you out on this. Um, do you feel any responsibility as a visible minority mm. in a space dominated by dudes who look like me? Is there, is there like, uh, do you feel a responsibility? I mean, yeah, I think yes or no. I think I feel the responsibility to try to, even with my show. And I mean, like I'm, I have a large part, for example, in producing the show along with my co-host, Alex Wong. Um, you know, we decide a lot in terms of like who comes on the show. And I think that those are opportunities that we can afford in terms of, we understand that it's on a big platform. We understand it's on TV, it's on radio, it's on podcasts. Uh, so who do we, can we bring onto those programs? And I mean, look, listen, I'm, I'm the bigger goal is to bring on the best voices and the people that especially we think can have the most interesting conversations and bring the most insight or bring the most humor to this, to the situation. But we are also fairly intentional in terms of who we're trying to bring on and also what kind of voices that, you know, um, or what kind of stories that we want to be able to have them help us tell uh, through those, the people that come on as guests. I think that's probably where I feel the most responsibility in terms of representing for myself. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would, I, I see that significance. I really do. Um, I don't know how to represent anything other than really myself and even just my community or even the Toronto community or the Asian community. But um, at the same time, I do feel like that responsibility, I would feel less and less of it with more and more people in the door. But uh, um, I think mostly I'm just trying to think about how we can make our own show like more diverse and more um, just just tell better stories, really. Because, again, like there's there's a lot of voices we've heard a lot from, you know, over the years. And there's a lot of established voices. But I also think that there's lots of good storytellers that, you know, we don't see as much or we don't get as much shine. And those are the kind of people that we want to get on. Um, so yeah, that's where I feel the most responsibility. I, I, I I'm a big believer in representation matters. And yeah. If, if you can sure. see someone who looks like you doing something that you want to do, it makes it feel more attainable. Um, so, you know, kudos again. Mm -hmm. uh, he is Will Lou, not William. You don't really go by William, do you? It doesn't really matter, honestly. Either way, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm Joe and Joseph, and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not a big Joey guy. I don't really like Joey, but like Joey, yeah. I'll answer. You know what? Same actually. I, I definitely will not <laughs> respond to Willie. Willie is uh, <laughs> is is a ridiculous name in my opinion. 
No, but Will 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 Lou sounds awesome. It also, I mean, it must sound a little bit too much like Lou Williams. How much? Oh yeah, it ruined my search engine optimality for a very I'm long sure. time. Um, which is like this. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want Google to be able to surface your results, and I think people who were looking for me and searching my name plus Raptors, they were just finding lots of stories about how Lou Williams had two girlfriends, and I was like, I have one and and my name is flipped backwards but uh we have no association <laughs> beyond that like it's uh <laughs> that's yeah. why I, I created some branding that nerd dad there's not many of those yeah yes that's there's smart. a lot of joe williamson's uh <laughs> that's very smart <laughs> like, i gotta do something to stand out yeah uh he is will lou his show is the raptors show it doesn't get more definitive than that with will lou on Sportsnet. thanks for doing this my friend thanks for having me appreciate it Want to thank Will Lou for his time today. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I kind of geeked out a little bit during that con- that conversation. I wanted to just talk basketball. <laughs> really did. Um, but I understand this is not a sports show. But I'm not super passionate about many sports. But the Toronto Raptors are um, uh, certainly something I'm passionate about. I uh, they're, they're my team. I've always identified with them. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just something about the sport the beauty of it all as you can tell i could talk raptors almost as long as i talk stand-up comedy if you ask me to so no one's asking me to do any of those things want to thank you for tuning in and listening want to thank you for downloading and telling a friend want to thank you for being you and uh we'll do this again next week who will the guest be i don't know i'll find one <laughs> independent podcasting baby I don't got an executive team trying to figure this out for me. It's me sending emails and hoping for responses. So thanks to Will Lou. Thanks to you. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, hit subscribe. Uh, I think I've covered all the bases. And as always, for listening. Damn. Do, did, will, the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose sharks undercurrent podcast, at NBC sports, Marianne Iveson from Iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.